Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure I direct your attention... Welcome back to The Think Tank, a podcast for life's deeper conversations. Hosted by Ethan Finn and Chase Sanchez, they dive into some of the most compelling topics. Join them as they go deep into The Think Tank. Welcome back to Think Tank Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Finn. I'm your host, Chase. I don't know why I said my last name. That's that's a new one. (laughs) Yeah, we got Caden Bishop back on the show today. Um, He's made his return to the show. Uh, Got some things to hash out. And so, uh, Caden, we're glad to have you. Welcome back. Thank you. It's actually been so crazy. I was just looking at our old podcast, and it was like almost a year ago, like today. Like it was like August 7th. We actually linked up, which was crazy. Oh, dang. Yeah, so we got a one-year anniversary here. Um, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. a lot of things have changed as they have with most of us. So, um, I'm excited to kind of, kind of get into it, but, uh, what have you been up to? Oh man, it's been crazy, crazy year, most definitely. Um, obviously I transferred to Jesuit for track and then, you know, pandemic hit, stopped running. And then I was really just kind of laying low, um, just doing me. I feel like a lot of people were kind of like going into like this mental health, like focusing on themselves type stuff. For sure. And I feel, I feel like that the last like year, basically, like everyone's just kind of like been grouping themselves. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been doing talk training, but on the low, um, a bunch of long-term stuff. I know we talked about that last time. Um, and yeah, uh, I just committed to LMU, Loyola Marymount. So I'm going to be moving down to LA. That's awesome. And yeah, that's kind of a catch up right there. I don't know like what direction you want to like hop into talking wise. Yeah, honestly, anything. I, I do have a few questions. Um, so I think a, I could be wrong, but originally I think when we were on the sh- when you were on the show before, uh, you had mentioned that you weren't really interested in going to college necessarily. Was that? Am I? Mistaken? Yeah. Uh no, it was. I, I was stating like um I think if I remember correctly, like going to college if for a degree that wasn't going to uh, benefit you uh, in the long term. You know what I mean? Like looking at your cost to um, benefit ratio. You know what I mean? Like if you were, um, but I definitely was uh, considering like not college whatsoever. The, the nice thing about LMU, I'll get into it. Um, So basically, obviously I want to study entrepreneurship or business, you know, growing up. uh, If you, if you're familiar with the last episode, I had quite a few businesses, uh, snack carts, flipping shoes, what's or not. Um, now ATF advisories, you know, advising kids to to trade and learning how to trade and whatnot. Um, you know, I was looking at college as as such a big cost to like obviously the plethora of information that's online, mm-hmm. and I found LMU actually really randomly, and it it really just actually spoke to me. Uh, the nice thing about LMU and its business program is it actually gives entrepreneurs like funding to start their businesses without having to repay it back. Oh wow. So okay. basically so basically they'll they'll fund you to start whatever business you want as long as you pitch them and they pick I think a, around like 10 businesses a year and they give you all the resources needed to to really start those businesses and I really thought um and it's also um you you gain all proprietorship of your business. So basically like you know, if you started a business, you know, first day on campus and you and you kept growing and whatnot, and the moment you get off campus, if whatever you created on campus is yours, unlike like other schools, like they'll try to take like portion of it or like mm-hmm. take credibility because technically you used like their labs, their computers, whatever. But at LMU, it's really nice because they'll let you have like full ownership. Um, you know, they told me a story recently. Uh, this is what really sold me is I don't even think it's public knowledge yet. Um, but there were some LMU students a couple years back and, um, they started a business, um, for electrolytes. And so they were like developing stuff in the lab. There was initially like four, then they did it for like a project and they kept growing it. And then like by the end of senior year, there was only two of them left. And one of them went to go play major league baseball and the other one kept working on it. And a year later, the major league baseball player like came back and gave him like 10, 15 grand. He's like, I still believe in like this business that we started while we were at campus. No way. A couple months ago, I think now it's probably been a year and a half ago. Um, Gatorade bought it. I don't. I, I forget the name of it. It's like the electrolytes that you pour in the drinks. 
but Gatorade bought it for like I think half a billion dollars. Jeez. And sold it for oh, five hundred million, and they got deeds, and LMU uh, took nothing. And so I think like just the idea of being able to like build something on campus with other like-minded individuals, or even like working towards an education all at once, it just really spoke to me like as a as an incubator. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't like anything really like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So the the school gives you like a loan basically to start your business or whatever and then you don't have to pay it back um i'm not sure on the on the like i i've been told that you don't really have to pay it back obviously if like your business fails i'm not sure if like if you succeed like you pay it back or whatnot i'm not really entirely sure i haven't been walked through the process yet all i know is they do give grants to kids to start their businesses and i assume like you know what i mean if it doesn't work out, like they know, like they calculate that, like they know, like certain amount of businesses aren't going to succeed. Yeah. I think it's a grant. It, it could be like, uh, yeah, it, it could be like From something would, where if the, uh, like they probably, you probably have to pitch the idea. And then if it sounds like something kind of like an investor, you know, yeah. where like they'll give you yeah, X entire, amount of grant money and it probably changes depending on what it is that you're proposing. Yeah, completely. And they also host tons of like investing events for like, they bring in a bunch of people to invest in different businesses and you can pitch to them too. And if, if you don't have like a certain amount, you're not allowed to like come to the event. So it's super nice. Like it's really, um, forth putting for, for those wanting to start businesses or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. I would think a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, entrepreneurs and stuff would want to go, you know, to do this program. Uh, it sounds like it, it's yeah. pretty beneficial. Yeah, entirely. That's so that's what really like kind of changed my momentum the last year. You know, obviously I was looking at uh, just basic business degrees and whatnot and the difference of like being able to learn it online versus like actually going to a college. And like once I found LMU, it just really kind of felt like a place like that actually would cater to me rather than um, just, you know, tossing a book at me and saying like, go learn it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, they'll they'll help you not just financially, but then it sounds like they're going to, you know, be there to walk through it with you and, and make sh- and help you kind of get off your feet. Um, it's a lot of connection. Yeah, I I feel like definitely the last year though that we Chase and I were just talking about this like there's a lot of kids like I think finally realizing that the college like isn't entirely the route at all times you know oh yeah um, most definitely tons of tons of kids doing uh, their education at Sierra College this year um, tons of kids just like not going to college or like pursuing other activities and I feel like that's great like I feel like COVID as like terrible as it was is being super beneficial towards like showing kids that there's different things in life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, for the last couple generations, you've had like this, this push, especially in America, where it's like, you know, the older generations are like, well, you know, we, we didn't, we weren't afforded the blessings to go to college, we, we weren't able to do it. And so now, you know, it's our goal to try and make it so our kids go to college, and we're going to push that on them. Mm-hmm. But, but now you have a generation where it's like, okay, but maybe I don't want to do that. And like, that's great that, you know, that's your goal for me. And that's great that you have these universities, but the reality is that it's not for everybody. Um, and the more I actually look into it, the more I, I really do think college, like in a, on a grand scale is kind of for, I mean, it's kind of a scam in a way, like unless you're, yeah unless you're really going in for like a super degree specific career. I mean, realistically, most of these people are, are just incurring a bunch of debt and then they don't really yeah. need, they find out they don't really need that education when they go getting hired at jobs yeah i I forget the specific uh statistic but i know um ever since that they passed the bill that like college debt is only repayable through death like you can't like go bankrupt and um you know pay off your debt that way right like if you file for bankruptcy you still have your college debt unlike like other debt but uh the statistic i think is like since they enacted that in the and i forget what 70s 1980s but ever since they enacted that like college uh, tuition has gone up in like four times, which is like completely outpaced with inflation and whatnot. Yeah. So it's just definitely fascinating um, to see. You know, it's I feel like a lot of uh, older generations like still look at college as like this safe haven, um, without like kind of looking that there's so many different opportunities now. And like, um, it's crazy because like I have a cousin who just like finished graduating college, and I forget her specific degree. Um, which obviously matters in the scheme of things, but now she's working a job and getting paid, I think like 22 an hour. And it's scary to me because obviously I, I worked at Dutch bros, uh, this last couple of months and I was making, you know, a, a roughly like 20 to 25 an hour with tips. And it's scary to me to think that like, you can go through like this whole four year program thing and get out. And my Dutch bros job could still be paying me more than like 
any other job I get at any other firm, like starting off, right? Yes, so I feel yeah, like that is crazy. There's a lot more opportunities out there, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to realize, like, not to sell themselves short for fifteen dollars either. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, you know, finding different places to learn about finance and like wealth and stuff, because you know, you've got people like Dave Ramsey or whatever who have these these like courses that are like super long courses that you can take, and it it, it doesn't really cost any money, or at least not as much, certainly as you know, a $40,000 college for four years. So what you're getting is, uh, is, is probably more applicable life skills from these, you know, different, uh, creators, different influencers, not really influencers, but you know, uh, financial advisors and stuff, as opposed to, you know, someone in a classroom who is teaching you business, but has never owned a business themselves. Yeah, <laughs> entirely. Yeah. I, I that's definitely another point. Um, that drew me to the school I did. I know, like you mentioned, like a lot of professors have never owned a business, mm-hmm. especially when teaching business. Like, you know, they're teaching about, but they've never had like the real life experiences. A lot of my business courses are actually going to be at night because a lot of these um, people are entrepreneurs and already have classes and are only teaching it for like the love of it. Oh yeah, which that's is, perfect. Like, great. Yeah, I feel like finding like, but obviously at college is like, it's, it's definitely meant for those who are looking for specific things. Like I feel like forcing yourself into like a habitat that isn't going to benefit you is just, I'm just rambling at this point. <laughs> no, but, it's hundred uh, percent right on, you know, there's no one size fits all for anybody. Yeah. So you were down in LA recently. Tell yes. us about that experience. I feel, you know, for me, LA has like Southern California always just like been a draw for me. I'm such a like people person. I love just like interacting with people and meeting like different creatives and different people that are like trying to push forward like new ideas and new things. And in LA, like obviously there's a lot of trash talk about LA, you know, it can't be the prettiest place or there's like a lot of like mean and angry people. But for me, like I just visited a week ago and it was, it was spectacular. Um, my friend and I, you know, we went down for my 19th and we just kind of made the plan on the fly we booked a place and like had no other plans and i feel like that's honestly the best play of the best type of living as well as like just going down with no plans mm-hmm. and no expectations and it was honestly like one of the best trips i've ever had um we ended up just meeting like tons of people first night we met this guy after a party and he just showed us around town like consistently kept checking up on us like making sure we were cool and like it was just a really genuine guy. And through that, like we went to all these different places and it was just a really great experience. And, um, you know, met all these different creatives and people like new spaces. And I feel like people out there are just really outgoing and ambitious. And so oh, I'm really great. excited for the future, my future in LA. What, what do you think about, um, cause I've heard a lot of, a lot of, I guess celebrities and, and I'm going to bring up Logan Paul. Um, cause he talks about this sometimes is that like LA, is not what people think it is. Like it's not the draw that people think it is because it's really hard to kind of get your foot in the door to get there. Like it, once you're there and you're like, you've, you've made it, then it's like, it's one thing. But, but what what do you think about like LA as opposed to like, you know, a similar scene in like South Florida or something like that? Like, um, entirely like, I feel like you definitely have to obviously either have some sort of the way LA works is you always have to provide value to someone. Right everyone's trying to network everyone's trying to grow everyone's trying to make money and mm-hmm. if you aren't providing value to someone they're not going to provide value to you and that's what i think he's 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 tapping into is you have to bring some sort of value to the table in la or else be no value for you like it's not just somewhere where people are going to be like oh let me help you with this let me help you with this yeah, or yeah. let me let me let me cater to you you okay. have to bring some sort of value whether peace whether that's money whether that's um your way of speaking to people and energy wise, right? Like you have to have some sort of networking or ability to make LA work for you. It's not just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. And I think that's what he's catering to is like, there's like obviously different like class divisions in LA, right? Like you have just like these variety of people. And so you just expecting that you're going to go down there and like see all these celebrities and meet all these celebrities and like go to these lavish parties and everything isn't necessarily always the reality. Gotcha. Yeah, um, that's that's for sure. I, I think in terms of you know making connections and meeting people, that that's one of the best places to do it, um, just because there is so many people and there's so many different kinds of people that I think you really get. You're not limiting yourself to to sort of just like 
one subset of the population. You get, you know, millions of people and pretty much, I mean, for the most part, access to like anyone that you could, you know, maybe make a connection with or, or try and, you know, spark something. Yeah, entirely. Like I, I, I'll tell a story from my first night. This is how like our first night went and it was very, it was very intriguing. Like first night. So we, we got, we got like obviously sent a party um, that night from some, some people I know in Southern California and we go there and we're knocking on the front door, obviously, or we're pulling to the front door. There's like probably 40 people outside. And obviously in LA, it's like a different breed. Like sometimes, you know, there's, there's like cover charges, right? Like, you know, like $5 to get in this party, $10, whatever. Okay. Um, I don't, obviously that's not a Sacramento thing, but in Southern California, like <laughs> typically there's, there's covers, there's covers for parties, especially when there's like big mansion parties or whatever, just cause like, obviously they're doing it for a profit. It's all hustle yeah. down there. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I, I'm familiar with that, you know, like $5 here, whatever, but we get to the door and it's probably like, um, it's a pretty nice house, but we get to the door. And, and there's uh, a girl in the front with fake gold chains that she definitely thinks are real <laughs> and um, a big bouncer who's um, probably like 6'2", like oh, 200 geez. pounds. So like not huge, but he's definitely like big. Uh-huh. And we get to the door and, and we roll up with this other group and we're just listening because we're like, because they're trying to like, there's a group of 15 guys and they're like, okay, 15, like we'll do like 300 bucks for all you guys to get what? in. And I'm like, nah, y'all, y'all are playing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, they're like, um, they, they, they say like, oh, we have a quota to meet. Like, you know, there's all these models inside and all this stuff about how like your networking inside will be great. And like you, this is a very exclusive party and whatnot. And so then it's, they obviously are not like, oh, we're not going to pay $30 each, like uh-huh. whatever, like this is stupid. They walk away. Uh-huh. And so then I pull up and, you know, it's first night I'm feeling like, a oh, you're behind a group. I'm yeah, I was, I was, no, okay, I was behind okay. a group, but they assumed I was with them. I was like, okay. no, nah, like I'm not with them. Okay. Like they're trying to like include me in the quote. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. And then, so I pull up next to them and the conversation I have with this girl is like so funny to me. It like still sits in my head. And so we pull up and they're like, okay, it's going to be 25 a person. And I'm like, nah, we're good. And then, and then they keep trying to pitch me like, oh, we have all these girls inside. Same thing. They just, yeah, exactly. Them. Like all the models you're going to meet, like, um, and then, um, you're going to get all of this stuff. And, um, but we have a quota to meet, like, you know what I mean? Like we have to hit a quota. So you have to pay the 25. And so I start like reasoning them with them. I'm like, if you have a quota to meet, that means there's like nobody inside. Cause obviously yeah. you haven't hit your quota yet. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, they're like, no, 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 no. We just have to like, you know what I mean? Take care of our, our people inside. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I was like, and then I asked him, I was like, are you a betting man? He's like, I mean, I am. And he said with something else, like, I forget mm-hmm. if it was like, he said like with shots or girls or something random. And I was like, didn't make sense. And I said, okay, let's do a coin flip. Like heads will pay your, we'll pay you, uh, 25 each to get in and tails like we'll pay you five each and then she was like no 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 the girl next to him like the i guess like the i don't know if it's like the promoter or like some girl Whatever. Just, you know, she was drunk out of her mind or off something one of the thing chains <laughs> and she was like start speaking she's like you know i'm a big time influencer here and and like do you guys have followers and i was like no i don't really have anything like you know max i have like three thousand instagram or whatever she was like um you see, like you're a baby influencer, and and you're trying to get into a party with big influence and so no way, yeah. Herself. No. And she's like, we're big, but you have to like, you have to, hey, like obviously you're getting the networking and stuff, and one day maybe you'll be able to get to our level. And I almost no. like threw up in my mouth, and I was like, of course this is like the first night that goes in L.A. Right. And I'm like, not good. So we walk out, and that's how we ended up meeting the first guy um, that showed us around town, um, but. It was just like a crazy first night to me. And obviously, so that there's both sides. And then, you know, three nights later, we show up and, and our friend brings us into the baby's house party. And we're at the baby's house party, like meeting all these different YouTubers and stuff. No so, way. like, there's like both sides to the story, right? Like, you have to be able to network, but there's also like really terrible people and really great people, yes. right? Yes. For and so sure. it's all about like, it's all about taking advantage of your environment and networking and showing like your worth to other people right no one's going to take you anywhere if you're not going to provide some sort of value or do some sort of thing yeah exactly and, and so i think that, okay. obviously the one 
money. Ironically, they ended up leaving in a stretch limo like 45 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Cheated? Yeah, they all hopped in a, it was a dingy limo. Like, trust me, oh. this thing looked like it just came out of like a uh. junkyard, like it was covered in dirt. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but they left it in a limo. So it was funny because like everyone that paid to get in, it's just, just like they left 30 over. minutes later. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it was just a really funny trip because I think it definitely gave some perspective about like, the type of people and crowds in LA, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a whole variety, so it's all about like you gotta be smart though. Yeah. Like, I mean, imagine the people that paid in like that got completely like taken advantage. Yeah, of. that's what I'm saying. You walk in and there's probably like 12 people in there. Yeah, right. And so, well, and then at the end of the day, though, like it, it would have been easy for you guys to just be like, "Oh no, we're just gonna leave," and then walk away. But like the fact that you you know started talking to him and then you know you asked him if he liked to bet and all this stuff, like that could have even opened up. I mean, not that it did, but it could have opened up like another door with someone that you meet inside or whatever, like say they let you in. And so it's like, yeah, I think that just like shows, you know, take advantage of every opportunity to, to just talk to people, especially in a new area where like no one knows you. Like there's like, let it all hang out kind of thing. You know, there's, there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to prove. Like it's just, it's just meeting new people and then trying to build your own like brand completely like it was so funny like even in like clubs in LA uh, you know like the, the fifth night we were there you know there's some guy that we met we're talking he's cool whatever and then he starts pitching me like solar and he's like telling me about how great the you know how good solar selling is going for him and how I should be a part of his team and everything and like obviously I know the multi-level marketing of all that and whatnot and so I'm just like listening to him comedically but like it's just like all about hustle down there like everyone's trying to provide some sort of value mm-hmm. yeah for sure so and, it's all- and everything everything is a transaction you know it's like yeah kind of like you were as, talking about as, as, yeah and as terrible as that sounds right like obviously there's real people down there like in college you're gonna meet friends or not but there's everything down there is gonna have to provide some sort of value or transaction or some sort of energy exchange or else you're not gonna survive and that's why i think people get down there and become so disappointed because you realize like you can't just move down there with like hopes and dreams and expect something to to, to happen for you right you have to have yes. some sort of ambition or grind it's like the old, uh, it's the old like New York type of like fantasy where it's just like I'm just gonna go there and then all my dreams are gonna come true. Um, yeah, but, like I'm just gonna be off the streets and they're gonna think I'm some star. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And while those like those do occur, right? Like you got people singing in places and then they get picked up by scouts and whatever and they make it big. It's definitely not the the glamour life that most I think assume. Right. No. Everything takes work and. Um... You know, nothing, nothing in life comes easy. There's not like, if you want to succeed and go to the next level, you're going to have to, you know, try a little bit harder than the guy below you. Cause there's a reason why they're below yeah. you. And it's because they didn't, they didn't do what you did. And so that's why, I mean, like, that's what life is. It's a ladder. And the nice thing is you can climb up that ladder as high as you want. Um, in yeah. most cases. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's I mean, de- only, de- only dead fish follow the stream. You gotta, you gotta, do something new or do something creative or else you're going to be constantly found like trapped. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's exciting. Taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, what are like, do you have any specific ideas for like what you want to do as like your business specifically, like a career long-term? Yeah. Um, definitely have no long-term plans, obviously. Um, you know, have, have like side businesses and whatever, but I, I really don't know what I want to do in my future. Like permanently, obviously I have a bunch of ideas. I have a bunch of stuff going on right now. Um, building out some brands. I'm not going to like let everyone know like my every move, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, I'm building out some brands, doing some, obviously, um, some networking. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I, I'm just feel like I'm a person now that enjoys like meeting other people and experiencing like what they have to say about life. And so I don't really know. I just know that I'm going down to LA and I have an ambition for creating things. You know what I mean? Like who yeah. knows where that'll take me. That's perfect. That's perfect. And you know, what school... thing... Oh, good. Oh, uh, I was going to say one thing I can say though is, um, if anyone is listening that hasn't graduated or even if you have graduated, um, I feel like it's very important to highlight that you need to find something you're passionate about and follow it and don't let like anyone else stop you from that. Right. No matter what it is or how you feel or whatnot, find that passion, like that flame inside of you and carry it and keep doing it because at the end of the day, like it's you that are going to be doing those things, right? Like it's no one else who cares. Like obviously everyone just graduated and is leaving. Like no one's going to care at the end of four years. 
Yeah. So exactly. continue to do the things that make you happy and find passion for. I know, obviously, a year ago, I was talking about like not going to college and whatnot. And I Go ahead. You're good. Okay. Quick little, quick little commercial break there during the, the, the recording. Anyways, back to what I was saying. I haven't really told anyone this, but I had a, like a, a weighted like three, three graduating high school. But during those COVID years, I mean, obviously COVID brings a different sort of uh, environment and obviously a different uh, acceptance to colleges and whatnot. But I had a three, three weighted during college or during high school, but I still continued to do like the things that made me passionate, you know, building businesses doing ACF and teaching kids just how to invest in like stuff that made me happy. And through that, you know, writing about that in my essays and whatnot, I was able to get into my top school. So I feel like it definitely, definitely like don't, if you're listening and you're still in high school or even in life, like don't abide by anyone else's standards and just do the things that are going to make you happy and you thrive. Cause at the end of the day, after college, whatever, like you're going to be doing the same stuff that makes you happy. Yeah. So don't, for sure like shoebox of an idea of you or anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's like one thing to take, one thing to take constructive criticism. And it's another thing to just like listen to all the naysayers. Cause there are people who are literally just going to pray in your downfall because they themselves don't have a clear direction or a, a goal. They're not as passionate about something. So they're going to make you feel bad for, for being passionate about something. Yeah. And those yeah. are the people that you want to just block out because they're always going to be there. They're always going to do that. They're never going to, you know, they, they don't have some sort of clue into your life that you don't know about. You know, the only yeah. person that's going to know enough about about your life and what you want to do is you. Entirely. And I feel like the last year I found myself like just becoming closer and closer to the people that are like have as much drive and wanting to support me. And it's like it's it's liberating. Like it feels free. Right. Like you, you grow up like wanting to have all these friends. And I feel like a lot of people have realized, especially throughout COVID, like it's honestly the inner circle that brings you, I think the most happiness and all that. And so having that do like the stuff that you want to do is amazing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That you got to keep the, the circle small of, of people who are going to support you and pour into you rather than, you know, just having a bunch of people that barely know you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely better to keep it small. We kind of said that on the last podcast too, but I'd much rather have a small group of friends that are like really dedicated than a bunch of, people that are kind of half in right yeah people. well and, and you know people that are gonna that are also gonna like motivate you and push you to achieve your goals and you know try and help you out where where maybe you you're struggling and that kind of thing and that's that's the best because it mentally it's it's like you're saying it's totally liberating so that's really cool entirely yeah so uh do you know anyone else that's going going there with you or are you just kind of going in solo <laughs> Yeah, um, I know of a lot of people from Sacramento. I think there's like four or five Jesuit kids. There's two Granite Bay kids. There's a girl from Folsom going. And then a couple people from Sacramento. There's at least like 15 or 20 of us. I think a lot of people and are a guy, And a guy that stopped trades with me that's from Rockland. I just found out going, which is great. Oh, awesome. For sure. Uh, so I think there's a good amount of people obviously heading down there, which will be fun. Yeah, uh, at least that. great. There's UCLA and USC and all those other schools too. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be a pretty big pool of like Sacramento kids down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you plan on continuing ATF advisories like throughout, I guess the yeah. future? So, so that's what I struggle with. Obviously I haven't been trading um, actively the last couple of months, obviously due to the market, obviously being very, very all over the place. And also it brings like high stress and anxiety. Right. Um, uh, it, you know, obviously waking up some days and being, I think I mentioned this, like being hella in the green or hella in the red, obviously puts you all over a spiral, especially, if, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You are, Definitely. you are confident and whatnot. Um, so ATF has gone a little bit dormant the last couple of months. Obviously there's still activity of people saying like, I'm buying this, I'm trading this and whatnot. But there's a lot of people that I think have either found other passions or not wanting to trade as frequently. So I'll probably end up making a new chat or refreshing, um, ACF once I get to college. Um, and I, I definitely want to keep growing like knowledge for others, right? Like that's always been my goal is helping others. Um, I know we mentioned this last time, but like getting a Roth IRA is like the, one of the best decisions you can make, um, right now as a, as a kid, right? Yeah. Um, for those that don't know what a Roth is, it's basically just a retirement investment account and it's, it's tax free as long as you keep the money in there till you're 65. 
And so, like, I'm going to pull out a calculator right now just for those who don't um, know, like, the differences. So if, if let's say, so your, your, your max you can put into a Roth is, I think, somewhat around, like, 5,506 grand a year um, for, for the average person. If you own a business, you obviously can, can put more in and whatever. That's different tax breaks. But, you know, if you start if you start with zero dollars and you're putting in six thousand dollars yearly or the max right or let's do 5500 because i think it's 5500 and so that's that's 500 bucks a month which obviously seems a lot like right now right like that's still like a week or two weeks of of paychecks to be putting in but but um i forget the comparison specifically but if you start putting if there's two people like a and b right and if you start putting money in so person a started at 18 putting money in and person b started six years later at 22 putting money in if you if they put in the same amount and person a stops like i think it was like seven or eight years later Mm -hmm. and person b continued putting money in every single year person b would not catch up to person a do this they wouldn't catch up they still wouldn't catch up even though person a stopped investing after like eight years or putting money in because no balling and whatnot so if you're putting in the maximum contribution every um, year, so 5,500, and you're getting on average it's six, per, it's like seven percent, give or take. We'll do six to be like, you know, cognizant, right? And you're at 18 years old. If you put in $500 a month, you're gonna come out with um, 1.3 million dollars at $500 oh a month. Gosh. And so if you if you change that from 18 to let's say 25 years old, right? Like you stop, you don't do it till you get like a firm firmware on the ground or whatever, whatnot. If you do that at 25 rather than 18, you're only going to come out with 851,000. Jeez. That's so crazy. That, so that, that seven year difference is going to net you $400,000 in difference, right? Yeah. So, Oh, I know it's difficult now, but setting aside that money towards your financial future, like the best thing you can do if you if you want to retire a millionaire is a Roth IRA. And although some disagree, right, there's obviously different ways to make money, different things to do. It's consistent and it's over the long term, right? It's yeah. like you can invest in your blue chip stocks, Apple, you know, Best Buy, stuff like that that's going to be around for a long time. Disney, stuff like that, where like you just don't touch it, right? You buy it, you don't look at it, and mm-hmm. and you know, sixty years, it's going to be a completely different ball game, and that's at a that's at a twenty five percent marginal tax rate and three percent inflation for anyone that's actually like specifically looking at the numbers. Um, but let's say let's say if you cranked it up to like let's say you were a savvy trader, right, and you were actually researching your investments and whatnot, and you did ten percent a year for some reason at from eighteen to sixty five. That five hundred dollars a month is going to turn to four point eight million dollars. Wow, yeah, that's, and then you're set, right? Like, yeah, and, yeah, that, and, and, and that's also, I mean, obviously, sixty five. Like, a lot of people like typically will say, "Well, you know, what am I going to do with that money at sixty five? Whatever, right? Like, it's tax free, but it's tax free first of all. Right. Second of, if if your goal is to retire a millionaire, that's one way to do it. Third of all, it's about starting it because the first step to financial freedom is beginning the journey. And so putting in $100, $200, $300 a month into something that's going to guarantee you or almost guarantee you being a millionaire by the time you end is something like it's a start, right? And then from there, you can say, okay, well, what other ways can I use money to start growing my wealth? You know, housing investments, doing shorter term stocks, doing bonds, buying gold and silver, different things that are going to start you on that journey to becoming financially free first. And financial freedom isn't being a millionaire. It's about having an income that pays off your expenses monthly so you don't have to work. You know what I mean? Like if you're spending $1,000 monthly and you have a laundry business that's bringing in you in $1,200, that's financial freedom. You would technically would never have to work. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I mean, so I took a class this year at school and it was um, it's called life skills and they're supposed to teach you this kind of stuff. Um, inevitably it wasn't very uh, structured very well, but we did take a course online. It was a Dave Ramsey finance course. Uh, and um, I, I think I learned more in that course than I, than I did uh, any other time in high school. So <laughs> in that regard, it was, it was definitely very helpful. And, and that's what, that's what I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to produce is like ACF obviously 
I have a Google file that, that, you know, every member in ATF can get. And it's just literally like pages and pages of just different stock analysis and financial literacy. And all I'm trying to do is just make someone realize that if they started today, they could change their entire future rather than, you know, in seven years. It's just about education. And that's what exactly. it's always been about, like teaching people for free. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to do this kind of stuff is uh, like, it's kind of crazy that they don't, they don't teach you this, but I understand why, because it's all a game. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't want you to know that, you know, you don't have to basically be a slave to your money. Um, yeah. And it's, it's kind of awful really. But uh, once you, you, you have to, once you get money out, work for you, they bring like some pitiful years, right? Like obviously I think it has to though. Yeah. It's either you, you, you either buckle down right now and scrounge every penny, mm-hmm. stop buying that coffee, stop buying those clothes and just like, hardcore go into it or you're later in life you're going to be doing the opposite of trying to i mean i'm not saying guarantee i'm just saying like if you start your financial freedom now it's going to be a much easier road ahead yeah well even just being cognizant of your money and being smart like that like you don't like you're saying like you don't have to be a millionaire you don't have to be like wealthy in that sense but you know being being comfortable enough that like you know you can take a trip or you can you know, you don't have to worry about making ends meet every month or keeping the lights on because you, yeah. you know, you're, you're smart with your money like that. So entirely. And I think also really easy for me, because, like with typical trading um, programs, whenever you transfer your money, it takes like a day to get in there. And then if you want to transfer it out of your trading account, it takes like three to five days. So for me, it's been really easy. I just live like I'm dead broke. Like I transfer every single dollar I have out of my bank account and in my trading account. And then I just like if ever I want something major, it takes three days for me to get my money. So like by the time I you want, know you really yeah, want it, yeah, you oh, know dang, you really want that's smart. Like even if I'm not investing it, it's still a cash fund in my trading account. So like it's been really helpful for me for saving by just like literally putting it in the account as like a cash holding place. Mm-hmm. That way I don't make any stupid investments or purchases or whatnot. Yeah, that's that's really smart. I didn't even think about that. But like, I know a lot of those people will say like, oh, it's so hard to keep it in my bank account. Like, I just want to like spend it or whatnot. There's different ways to do it. Or even like literally old fashioned piggy bank, like swear, like stuff like that. Like you just have to start moving towards like a better life for yourself and constantly envision that like at some point it's going to take a turn for the better. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Going back to sort of like building your brand and your business or whatever, uh, do you think social media is going to play a huge role in that, like for your future? Or do you think that, oh, you know, it's not it, as big of a deal entirely. Um, as much as like, I hate like the idea of social media and constantly, I, I think obviously that's why be real is really popping off right now. Um, is, is like the idea of just like putting on a persona. And I feel like that's, that's entirely what business can be about though is, is business for, for at least products it isn't selling the products by chance, but it's also, it's selling like a lifestyle an idea or a, like an, right. Mm-hmm. If you look at like, you know, major band, Gucci, Louis Vuitton and whatnot, they aren't selling the products. You aren't buying the, the belts or the bags because of their fine quality or whatnot. You are buying the belts or the bags because it is producing some sort of idea of this lifestyle inside your head. Right. Yes. If you, um, uh, you know, different swim trunk brands or whatever, they aren't selling like the swim trunks. Like it's at like times, the surfer vibe, yeah, like, like yeah, yeah, you are looking at the surfer vibes, the the energy that it is promoting. And so social media plays a huge impact in that because um, like TikTok, you know, you're getting all those free views on a certain lifestyle. It's it's, um, it's natural interaction, right? Or like Instagram, like you, you can design a page that sells an idea or a concept and not necessarily the brand, right? as long as you make it look like people are enjoying themselves or having fun or a cool idea or aesthetic that matches what the person wants to be or who they are, then it's going to sell. So I think social media plays a crucial role in not only like building those personas of, um, of like brands, but also of people. I hate to bring them up. I know there's a lot of controversy, but Andrew Tate, um, completely plays into this and your emotions. Um, he has built such a grandiose, like, image and persona of himself on social media that it's it's taking the internet by storm he's not like this isn't like entirely how he acts all the time right Mm -hmm. like only on camera is he acting grandiose and 
and masculine and sexist and, and, and putting all these different ideas out there. He's doing it because he's building a brand and he knows that it gets clicks. And so he's selling this idea, this grandiose, and he may live like that, right? Like he, he, he obviously, you know, people have done deep dives into his wealth and whatnot, and it doesn't matter, but he, he purposely posts and acts a certain way, knowing that it's sell an idea or a certain sort of lifestyle to your head. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We talked a lot about that uh, a couple weeks back, but, um, I, I think, you know, when it comes to like name brands, like you were talking about like Gucci and stuff like that, that is so true. Like it doesn't like, no one's like, Oh, I love Gucci because you know, the quality is so great. It's because it has the G's in front of it. And you know, you, you can, you can flash that around and people think that you're, you know, you're the shit, but when it, and it's the same thing with like shoes, like Nike, or whatever, you know, like, uh-huh. I mean, there might be an argument that they make better quality shoes than some other not so well-known brands, but at the end of the day, it's the same type of material mostly, but it's like, you're buying it because it's Nike and because, you know, yeah, it's popular. Nike, but like, everyone still buys Nike. And, and it's the same thing with K jewelers. If you look at K jewelers, they're not selling jewelry. They're selling the idea of love, right? And every ad they have is you know, a wife and a husband or someone with kids or whatever. And their slogan is every kiss begins with K. So it's, they're selling the idea of love. They're not selling their jewelry. They're selling an idea of like, this is where you pronounce your love. Like this is the type of jewelry you'd get for someone. Right. Yeah, That's, exactly. It isn't about the product. Cause at the end of the day, they're just going to, they're going to apply natural beauty in their head to the thought of this product because it reminds them of something they, they resonate with. Yes, for sure. For sure. It's all a, it's all a mind game really. Yeah, um, completely. And so social media obviously plays a huge role in that, um, you know, obviously with influencers selling themselves or a lifestyle too. Yeah, but um, being – and I think just like having the tools and the the knowledge to use your social media in that way is something that's super crucial because I, I don't think anyone can just do it. I don't think anyone – especially like on Instagram, I don't think it just anyone can make a successful Instagram or business or brand through that platform. Um, so I, I think it, it takes, it takes some knowledge of, you know, social trends and how social media works and stuff to be able to do that successfully. Yeah, completely. And it also, there's obviously a lot of like different, um, resources that you can use to, um, measure obviously like the aesthetic that you're fitting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, selling a product, you know, they'll tell you analytics like cost per click, or how many profile views or like how many um, cart, like how many people are adding your stuff to cart, but then how many people are actually checking out, right? And so by being able to see these statistics provided by these platforms, you're able to see like what type of aesthetic you're providing and what needs to be changed to make more people check out or buy a certain item, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. That's so fascinating. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I wanna go back real quick to the, the markets. Um, Obviously, we are we are definitely in a recession now. Uh, two yeah. two two quarters of of uh, poor market um, performance. So, yeah. how do you think? How does this look for you? Obviously, it seems oh, like. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm I'm not a market like as much as I wish that I could, you know, sit here and say like I'm a market professional. I'm not, and obviously, this is like unprecedented, right? We have had a pandemic, and now we're sitting here, um, trying to figure out if it's going up or going down. But one thing I do know is in the long term, typically when there is a recession or some sort of downturn, right, stocks typically dip between um, 25 to 80% during the downturn, right? Um, right now we are currently, I, I know we just had a mu- recent market run. I, uh, From what I remember, we are currently at like the 22, 23% mark. So we're still going to... So I know a lot of people are either saying that we're hitting a bottom right now, or we're gonna to continue to drop. Obviously, those are the two directions you can choose. Mm-hmm. But what I'm getting at here is, um, typically, uh, I, I believe there's been now four occurrences, five occurrences, after these recessions of 25 to 80% drops, the market tends to run nearly 800 to 1,000%. Uh, don't quote me on the statistics, I just know it. I think it fits around somewhere around 1,000%. So the best way to create your generational wealth is buying and holding. It's the long term. Yeah. Like it, there's nothing like, you know what I mean? Like as much as it hurts of like saying like, 
oh, like I'm down this much, I'm down this much. Like it doesn't matter in the scheme of things. Like no one's going to be able to time it perfectly, right? Yeah. Holding is where it's going to be in this next, you know, decade, two decades is going to be where this new pool of wealth is going to be created because, you know, you're coming fresh. There's going to be all these new company innovations. And like after this downturn, right, wherever it may lead, right, we may crash the market again like COVID. Then do you know how many millionaires were made after COVID pandemic? Yeah. And it, it ran for all this percent, right? So many people were created during the COVID pandemic from, from to millionaires. And so it's about doing it in the long term and realizing that if you can put every penny, not every penny, obviously, but every penny that you can spare towards investing into something that you know is inevitably going to grow, you know, stuff that's blue chip or even stuff that has good in the it's going to it's going to benefit you greatly right mm-hmm. right now obviously some of my investments are down like that's just a thing but the main stuff that i personally have been watching for like the next five to ten years um two of them that i i preach heavily are dutch bros and disney um cool, baby, dutch bros um is now uh 43 uh i was preaching it like 33 i think um around the but Dust Bros is currently at like 600 storefronts and is planning to add 3,000 storefronts within the next five to ten or wow, five wow. years. That's crazy. They're expanding at numerous rates, and the reason that their profit margins are so low currently is for a couple of reasons. One is because they are expanding at amazing rates, and honestly, I worked at Dutch Bros and it gave me first hands to be able to like know, and that's why I preach this so heavily. Is because they pay their employees very well as well. So Dutch Bros. Um, I mean, at least those who are opening new stands. Um, Dutch Bros pays people, they're called mobsters, to open these stands, and they pay them um, double overtime to open these stands plus tips. So these people are making handsome amounts of money to open these stands. So they're really pushing towards, like, um, the the expanding of these these stores. But you can also find there's a podcast. It only has, like, 200 views on SoundCloud. This is where I got a lot of my information, too. They interviewed actually the CEO like a year ago, and it was his whole outline for for the stores and everything opening. But basically, they're planning to open another couple thousand stores within the next five years. And so obviously, you look at that and you say, well, they're going to have rapid growth. Like, yes, they may not have the best profit margins the next you know couple of months. Obviously, they're putting money – they're just shoveling money back in, right? But at some point, they're going to reach a level of sustainability. An additional point as to why their profit margins are low at the moment – are milk prices you know milk is a huge obviously um correspondent to um making a coffee and so with milk prices increasing they're not going to increase their they haven't increased their coffee prices much because they want to obviously keep their audience and so their margins are much smaller once milk goes down in price as we see like you know gas prices are going down in price and whatnot you're going to see um, their profitability going up. It's the same thing with Starbucks. Starbucks is suffering right now too because they don't change their prices. They just ebb and flow with uh-huh. the markets. Dustbros is a huge investment for me because within the next five years, they're going to be 5Xing their amount of stores. Like, that just makes sense, right? Like they're growing at a rapid rate yeah. and they have profitability. Um, a second one, Disney, um, obviously is taking a big hit, but Disney yeah. is a giant monopoly. Like huge. Like if you look up a map of Disney and all the entities they own, it is so much like dude. It's literally crazy. For, Disney owns this, so much. Look up, like there. If you go to images and just search up like Disney Holdings or like everything that Disney owns, they literally own a monopoly. Um, I can look it up right now. Um, but yeah, like I mean, they, you think oh. about you think about like TV channels and stuff like ABC, ESPN, all owned by Disney. Um, like that, you know, Disneyland, all of Disney products, all of Disney experiences, they have yep. Disney vacation and that's just starting with Disney. You've got then resorts, have, cruise ships, like everything. Yeah. They own cruise ships. They own ESPN. They own television group with all those different shows. They own the history channel. They own ABC. They own all these different monopolies. Like you have no idea. And then they have outside things that don't even belong to Disney that like wouldn't even make like, yeah, sense. Like these, I had no clue. Kelly management like ESPN events, ESPN radio, um, wow services, um, one for all productions, Disney fine art, um, like catalyst inevitable or whatever that says, like if you look at the map, you barely can even see all these words cause there's so much that they own. Yeah. yeah and so you, Disney monopoly, bought up a lot of stuff in like the nineties. 
if you really look yeah. at like the financial history of Disney, it's kind of crazy. Like they they would they created companies too, like to to put out more like adult content, like movies. Like they they made their own movie studio called Touchstone Pictures, where they put out more like less kid family friendly movies. So they're still making a profit, and they can capitalize on all you know all sides of the spectrum of like entertainment. And that's what I'm saying. Like they're such a monopoly, and it's so absurd that you wouldn't be continuing to buy them because increasing. I was reading, uh, obviously I haven't been trading for some time, so it's been like three months since I've read up a lot on Disney, but they were saying after the pandemic, people were also spending 30% more in, in Disneyland parks than they were when they previously, uh, so there's 30% more revenue coming from these parks as well of people spending money. And I think with a lot of people coming outside, it's going to, we're going to see a new, new trend. And even not Disney is here to stay. Like if you yes. look at it, Disney, whole monopoly board it's not going anywhere so buying disney in 60 years who knows what else disney will own right like it's just going to continue to rise yeah yeah especially like with disney plus i mean that kept them alive during the pandemic because obviously you didn't have the theme parks so while like they lost i think just from disneyland alone they lost like a billion dollars or more but Uh they had the streaming service and they have all this other stuff that's like not limited to their parks and resorts which brings in more revenue. So like Disney's never going to like go bankrupt. It's just not going to happen. That's what I'm saying is like those two investments right there is what I've been preaching heavily. Obviously the last couple of months, obviously I have other random ones and whatnot, but stuff like that, it's not hard to find research. It's not hard to realize that they're going to keep growing. And if you can literally, you don't have to own a business. You don't have to do business. You just have to be able to recognize other people who are good at building businesses or building things and realize like, they're going to continue to grow and just hop on the train. Like yeah, literally yeah. just latch on success, latch on to their vision and you can still make money off of it. And that's what stock trading is. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's either playing into people's emotions about like, you know, day-to-day market fluctuations or like latching on to someone else's idea, someone else's like envision and just writing it for years. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, those type of stocks are always going to be, I mean, they may not always be like in the green, but they're always going to be, sustainable um yeah i think when it comes to like the market though as a whole like do you think do you think that the coming recession is going to have a huge impact because i i like i mean it's probably not going to be quite as bad obviously but you know like 100 years ago like after world war one you had all these people in the 20s that were like spending money the same way they're doing it now where they're just mm-hmm. you know you had a hardship we had the pandemic and then people are going out and spending it and then we had the great depression in the thirties, like, you know, do, do you think we could be seeing a similar situation? Um, so things I have to say, about um, it, it sort of relates. They did a study back in, I believe the 1930s or 60s, um, range, but it's still a study that was done. And they looked at wall street analysts versus chimpanzees. And they had chimpanzees throw a dart at a board and they performed better than wall street analysts who were picking stocks. And wow. so wow. I, I like to think that it is similar in the sense of right now. Like everyone is going to be pointing fingers and saying, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Um, but like, there's really no time to tell like, you know, what actually is going to happen. You know, Russia and China have been tying their currencies to gold and silver. Obviously they're lashing down on their economies. Well, the U S seems to still kind of be like just chilling. Right. Like obviously yes. we had a down. And yes, I, I actually just sent this to my group chat, uh, ACF Today. Um, statistically, uh, Americans o- have opened 233 million new credit card accounts in April to June period, and it's been the most since 2008. So obviously, there's a deficit for 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 wage right now in the U.S. Right? People are needing some sort of extension of of money. Yep. Uh, and so that that brings fear, but. Um, similar, uh, unsimilarly to like 2008 or any of the other like crashes, the housing market has actually been like completely detached from anything like stock or financial wise or not completely, but like, yeah, they're a little bit different. Yeah. With, with all the loans and credits and stuff, they're being very careful, especially since 2008 on making sure like that housing market isn't just like, you know I mean? Propped up like last time where it's just going to like, everyone's going to default. And so I think, um, well, yes, we may have like a dip, a recession, a, a something like downturn. It's not going to be like an entire economy full of, you know, what I mean, 
like everything just crashes in at once. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. At least my point. I mean, I'm a 19 year old college student, freshman year. Like, obviously, yeah. I haven't been enough, been enough through enough moon cycles to know like what's gonna happen or like especially or enough pandemics especially to know like this is going to happen or this is going to happen you know what i mean michael burry you know the the great short guy has called the market crashing like five times now so, yeah so like it, it's all like it's all like you know what i mean yeah it's up in the air and there's no way to ever be able to be completely accurate or predictable on it's it. all people throwing darts at random boards and just hoping that they're right yes and so all I like the the, the best bet yeah, though. The best the bet is long term. Like that's all I'm saying is that's why I've been laying low the last couple months. Is just like wealth is created generationally, and being able to realize that like in ten years it's not going to matter. Like even if we crash the market right now, like if it crashed right now, in ten years it'll st- your money will still be like you know what I mean up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you also got to think about you know what's going on in in China right now with Taiwan and Russia whatever yeah you know that like that also plays a factor too in like the world economy so there's just so many ways and you're never going to be able to dial it in yeah completely yeah so that's uh that's that's all yeah that's the lesson then you know invest in disney disney and dutch bros there you go those are the two the winners my double d's like you don't have to worry about it stress about it long term i remember i started getting back in stocks when covid and the pandemic first happened and i had like two two stocks one just long term and the other one i would like try to like do like not exactly day trading but like, but, flip, like, it. like yeah. flip stuff and so i think it was a year i did it for a year i let i just sat on one sock didn't watch it but then with this other money maybe I had a hundred bucks and i try to flip it and by the end of the year i think i made maybe a hundred dollars off the stocks i was trying to flip and then the one stock i didn't touch and didn't care about What's like I made three hundred dollars, so it's like I yeah. could have made all this money just sitting yeah. doing nothing when I spent all these hours. And also, you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to pay a thirty percent tax on the one that you made a hundred dollars yeah. on, and twelve on, you know, the one that you held. Yeah. So it's just like, it, like what he's saying though, and the lesson of it all is just literally like if you can put money towards it and just hold it, like it's the best route. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Least amount. So, yeah, completely. Because it's down, it could be down fifty percent, and you're like, okay, well, it's not gonna look like this. And and never invest money, money that you can't lose. Like that's what I'm saying though. It's like I'm 19. I don't need any sort of income right now. Like I, my expenses are paid for. I'm going to go live in a dorm. Like if I go dead broke today, like I was gonna be a dead broke college student anyways, right? <laughs> that's a good and point. So, that's a good point. At the end of the day, like throwing money away now is way better than throwing away money when you're 30 and trying to figure out what you're doing with your life, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you only learn from the failures, right? So if you fail and stumble now, it's going to be much better than when you're trying to fail and stumble in ten years. Yeah, yeah. So when you invest, do you uh, do you kind of just you know go go big or go home type of thing? Uh, I wouldn't say go big or go home. Like obviously, I have like twenty percent in cash right now. So like obviously. <laughs> So I'm not like, you know, so you can't have lunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's not like me like saying like, okay, I'm going to go drop a couple of G's in Dutch bros right now and say <laughs> I'm going all in everything with due diligence, right? It's all calculated gambling. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. But like, if you believe in something like go for it, like it's like anything else in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to do it, then like put your money where your mouth is almost in a sense, right? Like with anything in life. Like, yeah. Oh, yes and no. Like, obviously, if I believe in it, I'm going to put my money towards it. And I feel like that's a big enough, like, going all in. But it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm spending every single dime I have to put into this Dutch Bros stock because I know it's going to go somewhere. Because, like, yeah. you know, anyone can be wrong. Anyone, Anything can happen. Next thing you know, Dutch Bros goes bankrupt because milk went up, like, 90%. Like, <laughs> right. there's, there's other things occurring around that don't just, like, you know, there's different things that feed into to, to what you do. For sure. For sure. Um, I want to ask you, I meant to ask you this earlier and then I completely forgot. Uh, how was, how was the baby's house party? Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fun. Like I didn't see the baby. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. How does that work? So it's like, his I'm pretty, house yeah, party, I, I'm pretty like, sure the way it works is like, like, yes, it is his house. He probably was, I think he was upstairs or like more private event upstairs, whatever. Um, I think he like, it's obviously all networking, right? So he rents his house out to probably these party promoters and what it seemed like and these party promoters then promote it they have a party 
the, he gets paid for throwing a party in his house, mm-hmm. and then these promoters will like charge different people to come into the house. Obviously, I got in for free because like you just walk in, whatever. <laughs> no people, but like these concert promoters do it, so then like they can one market it as the baby's house because like technically it is, and two they can make money off people wanting to party at the baby's. Do they house. charge like a stupid amount of price? I I don't know. I didn't even ask. I don't really care. But they had like eight security, so obviously they had yeah. costs. Then they had a bar. They were charging like seven dollars a shot. Oh, like they're, it's, all, it's all a transaction, right? And yeah. so, like, you on the baby, you can post about being the baby's house, whatever. Like, who cares? But at the end of the day, the baby's making money because his house is going to get trashed anyways because, like, he throws parties. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he gets paid, and then like they get they get paid because they get to sell tickets to the baby's house and throw a party. That's wild. So and you so, said like, there was YouTubers there. Did you like yeah, talk to anyone that, that you knew? YouTuber, he, like. 5,000 subscribers. I was in his little vlog thing. Um, met some other cool people like that were just chill. Like, I don't know what they did. Who's the biggest person? And then there was this, I don't, not anyone huge. Obviously, like I said, like they were just like renting out the space. Uh-huh. Basically, like I think like the more exclusive party is going down upstairs, but like obviously you didn't know like people for shit. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I met this one dude who was like an actor there too. Um, He's been in a couple TV shows and movies, but like nothing like serious. But I'm, that's what I'm saying though. Like it's all, and he was talking to me about stocks. Like we had a huge conversation about investments and stocks. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna text you. Like, put me on." I was like, "I got you." So it's just like it's all about interaction, right? He's an actor, like whatever. Like, and I'm providing value to him, and he's probably providing value to me to like connections or whatnot. Yeah, and so yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely like a weird scene out there. Um, but it was fun. I mean, like it's a house party. Like it was hella fun. Yeah, um, I, I bet though that's. I, I'm just thinking about like all the different you know places where you could like make connections and meet different people and like it's kind of endless all the possibilities. But yeah, um, have you have you ever like considered like going East Coast and like trying that, or are you just gonna uh, stick uh, to California? I'm, I'm such a Cali boy. Like I love the sun. I just and I, I feel like the way I dress and the like the aesthetics out here and everything are just completely far different from like I think so. Yeah. East Coast, most definitely. So like. I, I just feel like I fit the scene better down here. Yeah. And I feel like coast also is a lot of like, like you see a lot of, I don't know about like the other scenes down there, but I know it's a lot of like finance and a lot of like, you know what I mean? Investing and whatever. Yeah. And then like a lot of like acting and movies and like stuff like that, where it's more like artistic compared to like, um, educational, like networking. Okay. Yeah, that- yeah. That makes sense. I, I think I could, I could do Florida, like South Florida. That would, be, <laughs> that would be tight, but that's that's about it. I can't do Northeast. Yeah, he wants to be a Florida jit out there. Just <laughs> Low key. Leave it at that. I'm kind of thinking about it. We'll see. But <laughs> I, we were, and the guy just keeps talking about it nonstop. He's like, Chase, I think I can live here, man. <laughs> Chase, what are you fun? Dude, even my brother, because my brother was like looking at like apartments because he's graduating college this year. And he's like looking, he's like, oh, I can rent this. I can rent this. You know, beach house well, like in Jacksonville yeah. for like six fifty a month, and it's like right by the water. That's that's what happened to my friend, the friend that came with me down. That's what? A friend that came down with me to to LA. Um, he literally is going to Berkeley, and he literally when he got back from the trip tried transferring into UCLA because he's like, "Fuck it, like I want to be in LA now." Like, yeah, it's, it's like it's so much more fun down here. Like, what was I thinking? And they're like, "Sorry, maybe next year." And he's like, "Man, yeah, like, I I definitely cannot do the Bay Area." I just, it's not, uh, um, uh, it's, I don't no, know. Like, I, I don't. This last weekend, I've actually been there like three weeks in a row now, funny enough, but like, I feel like everyone down there is just so stingy sometimes. I don't know what it is. Yeah, definitely. I think it's cause like you got like Silicon Valley and it's like all the, all the tech yeah. rows and stuff, you know? That's yeah. I don't mean. know. I, it also like sometimes like the only reason I didn't like to apply to San Francisco is just cause it feels so claustrophobic at times. Like I feel like the short buildings with the tight streets, it makes it feel like it's like closing in on you. Yeah. 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 Sure. And it's all super hilly. You know, you're like in the hills. The whole yeah. Time. Yeah. Completely. The hills do look kind of sick though. When you're like, Oh yeah, no, yeah. it's crazy. Like the, you always see those skate videos. You're like, Oh, that's yeah. a pretty lofty hill. Like whatever. Uh-huh. Then you get to San Francisco. You're uh-huh. like, they skated down that. Like, are you yeah. serious? Like you cannot. Back, we went like, down. I went down. You know the lot of lines. Yeah, yeah, I went down on that, and I was already scary enough just riding a scooter. That yeah, makes, yeah, well, exactly. We, we were also driving those things like maniacs, like weaving in and out of people, like on the sidewalk and stuff. Like, <laughs> it, it literally said, "Do not ride in the sidewalk," and that's what we did like most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> like the bumps, we like jump them off the bumps, and they're like bombing like maybe 30, 40 miles an hour down this hill. And there's like a little lip, and we all oh yeah, like on the concrete lip. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I could never. <laughs> yeah, but the, when you're like, when it's like maxed out, it has a front and rear brakes, so you oh, can yeah. just pull the rear and lock it and yeah. just like slide up the street. Good time, good time. Well, uh, Caden, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, it's um, been. Hey, it'll definitely be interesting to see like within another year. You know, I've got some big things planned. I think we got we'll get them on every yeah. year. Yeah, right, no, maybe. dude, seriously, no joke. Semester. I mean, semester the... and I'm... okay, something like that. But it's been it's been good. I'm glad to to be back and and spit some more knowledge for everybody. Yeah, I definitely. Think I think people will appreciate it. The... I think we need to want to do a, like an LA run. So oh, yeah, if you come down, down there, crash. you got a tour. Yeah, yeah give us a tour. Yeah. Yeah, we were sure. thinking like next summer it might actually work out around uh, around the, uh, the year mark because we, we wanted I'll to go living. like we wanted to go like up and down California and just like yeah vibes. So. I'll be you for six weeks in summer because I have like this cool research program I think Sick. that I'm gonna apply for. So I'll have like an apartment on LMU to like halfway through June. So if you guys are down there, like that'd be a good time. All right, yeah, we'll do it. Um, I, is there anything else that you wanted to you wanted to tell all the listeners out there today? Just reiterate it, like, follow your passions. Like, don't let anything stop you from what you're wanting to do because if you find something that you love and you're truly passionate about it, it will carry you, like, wherever you want to go. Like, if you just show that you're passionate about it and show that you can, like, make something of it, it'll it'll take you, like, the best of places. And so don't let anyone else define you in that for you. Awesome. That's great. Um Plug your, uh, yeah, plug, plug your all the socials. You've done it before, oh, yeah. but just just refresh um, everyone, and we'll put it in the, so, in the show notes. You know, Instagram, Caden.Bishop, K-A-D-E-N, period, P-O-P, you know how you spell Bishop. And then the ATF Advisories account, if you want to get more into stock trading or if you want that file that I mentioned with all this different literacy or stuff to read, um, it's ATF, period, Advisories. And so just DM me, uh, shoot me a message, and I'll get you going with whatever you want to do. If that's investing, if that's starting a business, like I feel like I'm a good plethora of information. And if you just need some sort of advice or even just want to chat, like just message me on either of those. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, Caden, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for updating us. Sounds like a lot of big things come in. Uh, and we look forward to hearing about it uh, back here on the podcast. So uh, until sure. next week, I'm your host, Ethan. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to The Think Tank. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a five-star review. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can email Chase and Ethan at thethinktankcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thinktank.pod or on TikTok at thinktankpodcast. The music of Think Tank Podcast is recorded and produced by Corbin Finn.